Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by fellow consultant, Ian Crothers. Hey, Ian. Hey, Dom. How are you going? Good. Now, Ian, I've been leaving this one till last. <laughs> Haven't wanted to get there. We've been going around the circumplex, looking at different styles, and now it's time to look at avoidance. <laughs> Didn't want to do it, but we're there. That's another dad joke, isn't That's it? That's a terrible dad joke. All right. <laughs> no more dad jokes, actually. Can't promise that. There probably will be more. So, Ian. I want to talk to you about this one, and really it's looking at, you know, I guess someone who's just been through an LSI debrief, in their results they've seen some avoidance, either in their LSI 1 thinking, or in their LSI 2 perceptions of behavior from others. And so it's to, to kind of step us through, what is it, you know, how does it show up, you know, how would people see it, and then we'll look at a bit of, you know, what's the impact or cost to people, what could they possibly do? about it if that's in their profile. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So what is it? Yeah, you know, and, and it you've alluded to it anyway, but it, it's sort of different as to whether we've got an LSI 1 lens or an LSI 2 lens applied to it. But if we go LSI 1, you know, there, it, for me anyway, in a nutshell, there's just a nervousness about taking action, you know, and a tendency or a, almost a preference to withdraw. You know, and, and it, it's right at the bottom of the circumplex, isn't it? So it's absolutely talking to security needs mm. right at the bottom. So there's this perception that it's too risky for me to get involved and I will be best served by uh, therefore withdrawing and, uh, you know, just not, not dealing with it, not participating, you know, trying to exclude myself from from whatever it is. Mm, so it's safer to do nothing than to do something. Yeah, to, yeah, doing something is very scary. So perhaps I won't. Yeah, and you know, I always think with with all these defensive styles, all the styles in the circumplex, for that matter, people do what they do for a reason, right? We have learned to think and behave in certain ways. So you know, in this person's life, you know, things may have happened where it's felt to be more safe, more secure if I just don't get involved, don't do anything, than if I do, because maybe that was dangerous for some reason. But the question we're always interested in is that may have kind of worked at some point or been a coping mechanism at some point. Does it continue to serve you? You know, does it ever come with a cost for you? Yeah. Could there be another way? Yeah, yeah. You know, and we have to bring ourselves back to what's at the heart of this thing called LSI. You know, and it's absolutely about getting people to think about opportunities for enhanced effectiveness. Mm. And if we think about where avoidance sits in the model, you know, at that six o'clock position, it's right down there at the bottom. So it is heavily, yeah, it's heavily focused on security. And so, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to think of sort of implications that's going to have on me being at my best, me being as effective as, as I can be. You know, it, it's, oh. it's probably the least correlated style almost, you know, in, in terms of association with effectiveness. Because essentially we're doing nothing, you know, we, we've just totally slammed the brakes on. And, you know, that'll be for a whole variety of reasons, you know, and as you've said, potentially because, you know, in the past that's been a good strategy for me, but there's got to be a question mark, you know, around whether that's going to be appropriate long term. And in all circumstances, you know. 
That's it. And I'd even add on that because I did say in the past, but it could be in the present as well. Yeah. You know, maybe someone's facing a really challenging situation going on at the moment. You know, but I guess for me, I always think of avoidance in terms of, you know, it's kind of there's those situations, conversations, whatever that we know we need to address. But I'm just kind of hoping it's going to take care of itself yeah. somehow. Yeah. You know, I'm just hoping it's going to go away. But hope's not the best strategy. Yeah. You know, because hope may, it might happen, might not. You know, yeah. so what can we do? Yeah, yeah. And invariably, um, it, things just get worse, don't they? <laughs> it, it's often, through, through, often, through right? no action. Totally. You know, yeah. And it, look, we, you know, we've chatted, Dom, in other podcasts about the styles that sit around around avoidance. Um, and so it's one of the passive defensive family of styles. And so there's definitely some similarities with some of the others, you know, conventional dependent, uh, et cetera. But they're all similar in that there's this theme of being unwilling to back myself to take action, mm. you know, and, and so I feel like my best because I can't kind of almost trust myself or I don't have the confidence mm. in myself mm you know, the strategy that I'm landing on is, hey, let's just withdraw, let's do nothing as my kind of, you know, go-to. But in a lot of cases, like all of the green, you know, if it's in the LSI one, I'm really starting to hold myself back now and talk myself out of things. Yeah, there might be things I want to do and I'm just kind of avoiding them, right, for, for fear of something. And to your point, you know, some of the questions that make up the avoidance style in the LSI avoids decisions, leaves decisions to others, lacks self-confidence, takes few chances, self-condemning, right? If you just hear those, it's like, it's kind of beating up on myself quite a lot and therefore I'm just going to yeah. don't get involved, right? Yeah. Take my hands off it kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. We, you know, we talk a lot about the LSI one being a good window into the relationship people have with themselves. You know, and so, yeah, you're right. Some of those items in there, you know, it's not a particularly supportive or encouraging kind of relationship with self. You know, there's almost just a, a lack of trust in self, almost a lack of, um, you know, understanding of the contribution we could potentially be making. We're sort of almost right. not allowing ourselves to do that, right. you know, if that's in our self-talk, you know, and so can become you know, almost a distant relationship that you have uh, with yourself. It's certainly not mm. cl not close or supportive. Because uh, that was more from the thinking point of view. What about from a behavior point of view? Andy? Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, it, it sort of depends, doesn't it, whether it's in both, one and two, you know. Right. So if it's in the one, LSI one, and then also appears LSI two, you know, people are kind of see, seeing you do that. You know, they're seeing you withdraw or seeing you being unwilling to kind of back yourself or participate, you know, your strategy is to withdraw. If it's not in the LSI 1, but there it is, you know, and it just appears in the LSI 2, mm. remembering we're dealing with people's perceptions, then, you know, they're perceiving that you're withdrawing through this kind of, you know, lack of willingness to get involved, lack of confidence. It may not actually be the case, you know. You might be intending for it to be something different to that, but that's people's perceptions, that, that there's just a reluctance to back yourself, a reluctance to get involved, a kind of hope almost that things will just take care of themselves. Yeah. And it's safer for that individual to just with totally withdraw, you know? And so, you know, when people see these things in their LSI too, 
and are almost kind of surprised by it because it's not how they've described themselves. And we've got to get back to how are they positioning certain things, you know, because it looks like the intent is not matching how it's landing. Mm. And it's almost so in another podcast for dependent, we talked about a similar thing, which is sometimes people can say, well, I'm just being collaborative or something, right? Because there's leads decisions to others. Like, shouldn't you do that? No, I'm empowering people. But I guess there's a difference between empowering, which could be humanistic encouraging, right? And it feels like you're just taking your hands off the wheel yeah, rather than handing it over to someone else in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, think you're, I think you're right there. So, you know, the LSI 2 is an interesting beast, isn't it? You know, and mm. folks who've come through our, our training, they would have seen us talk about or heard us talk about the iceberg model. And so the LSI 2 is just that little piece that sticks up above the water in our mm. iceberg analogy. It's the smallest chunk of the ice, right? But it, it's the bit that's visible to others. People are never going to see the whole story, the whole context. And, and it's difficult for people, if not impossible, to, to see our intent, you know, unless we kind of take deliberate steps to make it that clear for them. So if it appears in the LSI 2, it's, it's purely people's perceptions based on, in most cases, a pretty small window that mm. they've got to call it on, you know. But mm. nonetheless, that's where it's seemingly landing. So. If there's if it's appearing in the LSI two, we've got to kind of wonder, you know, what is it that I'm saying? How am I positioning my ideas or not positioning them in the case of avoidance? And, and you know, what is it that's contributing to people feeling as though whatever it is that I'm doing is coming from an avoidance space? Because if it's not in the LSI one, you would assume that that's not actually my intentions. But there's got to be something in there that's scrambling the message. And people are feeling like, you know, I'm being avoidant or, you know, it's whatever it is I'm doing is coming from that style. Yeah. And it can be interesting because especially when there's a disconnect between the two, people don't see it. They don't understand it. You know, like, mm, you know, huh? I don't get it at all. And it's, you know, sometimes it's homework, you know, between coaching sessions to go away and just notice, you know, just notice are there situations where actually in your heart of hearts, you know, you did kind of back away. From that, you know, we did kind of pass it on to someone else, right? Didn't take responsibility for something. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and just trying to clock some of those, you know, if that is occurring or if that's, you know, our intent was something different, but I can see how people picked it up that way, you know, if that was the case as well. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the interesting thing also to remember with avoidance is it sits right in the middle of our split between task and people. Mm. So if you can picture the circumplex model in your head, you know, if, if we ran a line right down between the 12 o'clock and the 6 o'clock, we'll effectively cut avoidance into two. And so part of avoidance, and, you know, for some people in some cases, you know, it is about task. Mm. You know, it's avoidance of task, but also equally, you know, it can be avoidance around people, avoidance around relationships. So so it, it sits in sort of equal proportion along that task people split. And so it can be elements of both, or for some people it's it's actually just all about task and not so much relationships, or other people it's the other way around, you know. So it's just a point to note, you know, the avoidance style, parts of it are taught to task, parts of it taught to people. And to me it can be a giveaway to others, you know, because it's like, I was just kind of thinking when you're saying that, in you know, with the people avoidance, because it's a good point, you know, there can be that don't upset so-and-so, you know, which could be someone at work, don't upset this particular manager, or, you know, don't upset mom, or something at home, right, can, can happen for people. And so, but it's this, well, 
there's something I want to say or do or resolve or something, but I'm stepping on my own foot. You know, I'm biting my tongue. You know, don't upset yeah. them. Don't get involved. Don't don't yeah. kind of do it. Yeah, and you know, we we talk about all of these things under the heading of effectiveness. You know, you being as effective as you can be. And what can sometimes happen, you know, is um, in hindsight, we realize what we've done. We realized it's a missed opportunity, you know, and we can get a bit down on ourselves around that too. You know, I effectively talked myself out of taking an action that, that I knew was kind of appropriate or whatever. And so that's not great either if it sort of leads to dissatisfaction in that sense where, I'm a bit sort of uh, angry at myself almost for realizing, once I've realized that I have uh, dropped into avoidance, uh, missed an opportunity, you know, I can sort of sometimes beat up on myself around that as well, which is also not not helpful, you know. Uh, uh. And you are talking before about, you know, where avoidance is positioned in the circumplex, pointing towards security and between task and people, but it's opposite self-actualizing. Yeah, that's right. right. And so those ones opposite the blues are opposite in their nature. You know, so sometimes it can be interesting just to look across the circumplex, you know, what sits up there instead. Yes, that's right. It, for me, it's the analogy I sometimes use is, uh, you know, making a withdrawal at the bank, you know, you, you've always got to make sure you've got enough in your savings to cover the withdrawal that you want to make. And, and the analogy, therefore, is, you know, every time I drop down into avoidance, there's a bit of a withdrawal out of my self-actualizing bank account. If you know what I mean. Uh, and I guess uh, what I'm saying is the more we gravitate to avoidance, it makes it harder to kind of hand on heart, feel like I am in that 12 o'clock position. Uh, you know, one drags on the, on the other. And so if we think about, you know, self-actualizing, how do we define self-actualizing? You know, it's a high degree of comfort with, with self, you know, who I am, what I stand for, where I'm going, what I value. You know, I'm, I'm very comfortable and, and kind of clear with all of that. And so if I start to drop down into avoidance, you know, it suggests that some of that stuff is less clear. You know, I'm not so comfortable, you know, and, and um, that's, you know, potentially through that lack of comfort, lack of clarity, what's driving the, uh, the inaction. You know, I don't feel confident or, or comfortable, you know. Self-doubt, you know, is a big piece of, of any of the green styles, but in, in particular avoidance. I'm just doubting myself and talking myself down, talking myself out of things, which would not be the case, you know, if I was living up in self-actualized. Hmm. And so if someone's, you know, they've done their LSI, they've got their results, they've got a spike in, in avoidance, what could they be thinking about? What could they be doing in to work on that or, you know, yeah. mold um, You know, I, I think... a you know, back to an earlier point around, you know, some elements of this may be related to task and some elements of it may be related to relationships. And so trying to understand, you know, what, what is it that might be driving the avoidance? You know, what is it actually that I'm avoiding? And looking for opportunities to set some goals around that. And so, you know, if we come up to the blue styles that sit, you know, either directly or, or perhaps just off to the side in terms of directness. Uh, in blue, you know, we'll see we have the achievement style and we also have, you know, humanistic, encouraging, affiliative style. So having some goals around, you know, reshaping whatever it is that I'm feeling I'm avoidance of. So if it's task, then, then you know, what are some goals that, you know, that sort of sit more in that achievement space that might help me just, you know, 
bit by bit feel like I'm okay to take action. You know, just some small goals, but also, you know, sort of and or if I feel like there's avoidance of relationship type stuff, then, uh-huh. then you know, ha- have a think about styles one and two on the circumplex. What are some steps forward I could take in relation to those relationships, connecting more with people and, you know, sort of dealing with my nervousness around that by, by kind of actually having some goals around forming relationships perhaps differently, you know? So I think as a general principle, because this is one of the passive defensive styles, mm. So they're all kind of somewhat similar in a, in a sense, aren't they? But if we've got activity down in that end of the circumplex, you know, a good sort of next step is to think about goals, think about how can I step forward a little bit. I think the secret is small steps, like little baby steps. Mm. Uh, we don't want to get overwhelmed and therefore start to avoid even more. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that often is what's driven it in the first place, a sense of I'm being, I'm overwhelmed right, right. at the moment. I don't know where to start. Oh. You know, it's just too much. And so if we can just get some clarity, you know, short term, little goals, just a couple of things to just start to build some momentum, you know, that's a good way to, to start. But to think broadly, you know, both, sort of both sides of the circumplex, is it predominantly around task? That I might be avoiding, or is it more so of around relationships? Maybe both, and having some goals that talk to both sides of the circumplex in that case. Yeah, I think just to back that up as well, you know, it's kind of I was talking about it could be the result of a situation that's happened in the past or present, you know, and so I always think, what are we avoiding in the present, perhaps, right? Or even in, you know, avoiding maybe reconciling or something from our past. What can we do there, you know, around goals? And look, it's probably really difficult. That's why we're avoiding it. So to your point, what are small steps? What support can you get? You know, that what conversations can you have? That kind of stuff. But it's back to that, you know, hoping stuff's going to go away. If there's a particular situation that's driving it for us, what are some small steps we can take to actually address that situation? Yeah. I think the small steps is key, Dom. You know, we, we don't really want to see people coming up with a list of 55 things on their to-do list. You know, like, let, let's just sort of keep it real, realistic and, and also short term. So it's a couple of things oh. that we'll talk to, you know, maybe a couple of styles and achievement and, and humanistic encouraging perhaps that we can just, uh, you know, start to build some momentum. The reason I think the goal setting is important, it helps with clarity, oh. you know, or it re- actually requires clarity to then be able to set the goal, you know, sure. and so so that's important. But it also just helps people, I think, feel like they're clawing back a little bit of control, you know, down in the bottom end of of that circumplex. You know, for a lot of folks, it's it's a, almost a sense of helplessness, almost a sense of you know, I have you don't no, have control. I ha- yeah, I have mm. no control here, and so you know, that can be a bit kind of miserable, can be a bit scary, you know. And that's why we withdraw. You know, withdrawal is a, a kind of a key element of avoidance. So, so how do we turn that around? How do we start to, to feel like we've got a little bit more control bit by bit, just little steps, you know? But I think it, it requires getting some clarity around, you know, what, what are the things that are maybe leading to me withdrawing <sighs> and what's in my span of control to, to kind of do something a bit different or think a little bit differently about that, you know? And the thinking a bit differently, that's a key element, isn't it? You know, if we're talking LSI 1, which is our, our self-talk, 
you know, it can be just very useful for people to just start to monitor that a bit. Just kind of take, build a habit around monitoring your self-talk. What, what is it that you're asking of yourself, telling yourself, and just looking for ways to intersect that. You know, if it's coming from an avoidance place, then or we're sort of almost, you know, imagining the consequences of taking action, you know, some of which might not actually be as significant, perhaps as we're telling ourselves they are. True. You know, how, how just can we just catch ourselves there and, and just maybe start to try to reframe it a little bit? And from that, perhaps some goals can come as well. So sort of monitoring yourself, talk, trying, to, trying to not tune into it at such high volume, looking for ways to intersect it and, and to talk to ourselves differently, you know, treat ourselves a bit differently, you know, just kind of be a bit kinder to ourselves, I think is a, is a useful first step as well. So key, isn't it? You know, how do we talk to ourselves? How do we relate to ourselves? Being aware of that and saying, hold on, you know, why am I saying that? You know, just questioning it. And look, I always think sometimes when we do that, sometimes it's after the moment. Why did I do that? You know, but every time we do that, it's like doing a dumbbell curl <laughs> at the gym, you know, for the brain. Yeah, because next time, or maybe a few times later, it's in the moment where I can feel I'm going to avoidance. Oh, and I know it, but I still do it anyway. Yeah. Right? But that's another dumbbell curl. You know, and then eventually it's, I can feel myself going there. Okay, let me question that in the moment kind of stuff, and maybe I can redirect. Yeah. You know, so we get better at it the more we, we do it. Yeah, that's it. You know, we often describe LSI as an awareness-raising tool, right? So... The greater awareness we have of it, it just gives us a, a chance to kind of catch it. it. seems to slow us down a little bit, you know, and, and in slowing it down, it might just allow for some choice to look at things differently. Great note to end on. Thanks for your insights, Ann. All right, no problem, Doc. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.